You're listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing with Andrew Logan. This podcast is your step-by-step guide to building and growing your own business and creating passive investment vehicles. If you crave legacy, wealth, and freedom, keep listening. Hello and welcome to The Way Out Podcast. Andrew Logan here. Great to be with you as always for another episode, episode 175 here on a Monday morning in Australia. Great to be back home. We had a beautiful week away in Queenstown, New Zealand. It's an absolutely stunning part of the world. If you haven't been there, you definitely need to put it on your bucket list. New Zealanders are amazing people, Kiwis, our cousins across the Dutch. They're just an amazing, amazing group of people. It's an amazing country and Queenstown has just some of the most amazing, beautiful scenery and so much to do there as well. So great place to run a leadership retreat event because you get stunning views from, you know, the room we're in, the conference room we're in, and you also get to go out and do, you know, jet boating and sort of crazy things like that as well as part of the event. And it was great for us to have our children there with us so we could, you know, we could take them jet boating. Jack did some like shark diving stuff as well. Like it was pretty, pretty cool. So anyway, back into normal routine and here on the Monday morning, as always, sharing things that light me up and hopefully sharing more pieces of the puzzle for you, helping you with that roadmap to financial freedom, with the business skill sets, mindsets, with the financial skill sets, mindsets to help you on the pathway to more freedom in your life. So you can get to travel beautiful parts of the world with the people that you love. Now, today, speaking of leadership, there's a I mean, a number of things we went through at the leadership event and obviously want to share some of them with you on here, the things that we can share on podcasts. Uh, you know, some things you obviously have to be there face to face and, you know, there's, there's nothing that beats face to face in small room coaching and mentoring when it comes to leadership. But I do want to talk about when we're specifically talking about leadership and finding more leaders and Again, you know, the question comes up a lot, how do I find more leaders? And I always say, well, it's kind of the wrong question. The question isn't, how do I find more leaders? The question is really, the biggest challenge I see people have is, what do I actually do with them? What do I do with leaders when they do show up? Because, you know, leaders can, you know, they can be amazing, but they can also be pragmatic and they don't want to follow your systems. They don't want to follow your tools. They don't want to duplicate. And, you know, we know it's it's this sort of fine tightrope balance between having people come in and follow the systems and duplicate and then finding those rule breaking leaders who are pragmatic and they're going to go out and reinvent their own wheel. So we need to always understand that balance. And so part of the challenge is what do I actually do with leaders when I do find them? And one of the other questions I always say to people, reword the question. You know, if you ask better questions, you get better answers. So rather than ask the question, how do I find more leaders? A better question to be asking is how do leaders find me? Because it really is about our own leadership. One of the key things about leaders and potential leaders and these budding leaders who are within your downline sitting there waiting, leaders won't follow followers. So if you're sort of sitting around waiting for something to happen, if you're sitting around waiting for someone to tell you what to do, if you're sitting around not showing a lot of initiative, it's very hard for that leadership person, you know, that leadership wired person in your downline to sit there and say, man, I want to follow Andrew. Andrew's sitting around twiddling his thumbs waiting to be told what to do, but I'm going to follow him, right? Leaders don't think that way. Leaders are wired differently. 
So again, one of the better questions isn't how do I find them, but how would they find me? Who do I need to become so that leaders can find me? Then what do I do with them? It's kind of a two-part question. So I want to talk a bit about how do they find me? You know, how do I find them and how do they find me? And really the key is, I mean, well, there's a number of keys. I shouldn't say there's a single key because it is about how you show up. They want to, they need to see again, they need to see that you're showing initiative, that you're showing work ethic, that you're showing discipline, but really they need to hear your language, how you communicate and the language that you use is going to be one of the biggest keys in people seeing you and saying that person is someone I want to follow. That person is someone I want to link arms with and drive forward with. That is the person I'm going to reach out to and have them mentor me. So I'll give you a, you know, a slight example, a different example and a number of different examples. But, you know, again, I had a huge background in the human body. And, you know, I had health science degree and I worked in hospitals. I worked with athletes. I worked with the human body as a physiotherapist for years. And you could always tell an athlete versus sort of an everyday person as soon as they walked in the door, um, just in the language that they used. I mean, you could sort of look physically generally at, you know, the body of an athlete versus the body of someone who's sat in an office (laughs) chair for a while. But really the key was how they described their injury. And the language that they used when they were talking about what happened, how did they injure themselves, how quickly do they want to get back? They were very specific about what they had, what they needed to get done, you know, the time frames that they needed to be better by. Whereas your sort of general average population person who walked in off the street was sort of like, yeah, my back's a bit sore. And, you know, if you can fix it, that'd be great. Whereas the athlete was like, you know, it happened in the third quarter. I was like, you know, I was playing rugby and I was fending a tackle with my left hand and I felt a pop right here when I was doing that. And I need to be back in two weeks for the semifinal. Like the language is totally different. And I was really thinking about this because we we're talking about a leadership event, but I was thinking about it. Obviously, we, we stuck around in New Zealand for a couple of extra days to have fun with the kids and also catch up with a few friends. Um, now, these two friends, two of my really close friends from university, they studied pharmacy. I studied physio. And, you know, again, we were in that health science area together and we lived together for a number of years after university as well. But they're really serious runners. So they had come over to Queenstown for their 40th birthdays, like a combined 40th birthdays for this this couple. And they were going to run the Queenstown Marathon that was happening, you know, the same weekend that we were there. And we had dinner with them. And you know, I ran marathons 10, 15 years ago. I had a sort of period in my life where I was running a lot of 10Ks, half marathons, up to full marathons. And when we're having dinner, immediately the language is changing. You know, we, we go from just sort of talking about general stuff to asking them about their marathon and their language immediately changes. And they start talking about splits. They start talking about cadence. They start, start talking about, you know, the protein pacing that they need to do, the carbs that they're going to eat before the train, uh, before the event on Saturday, all that kind of stuff. And the language of the conversation immediately changed. Now, if I had never run a marathon, it, a lot of the words they were using wouldn't have made sense. I'm like, you know, what are you guys talking about? What's cadence? What are split times? You know, what are you, what are your rep splits? Like, I don't understand any of that. And It happened as well the next morning. The next morning I got up and went to CrossFit. Now, you know, I love CrossFit. Anyone who follows me on Facebook knows I've been CrossFitting as well for about 15 years. And and again, I I used it initially as cross training for my marathon running. And now I'm sort of, you know, very exclusively into CrossFit. CrossFitters have 
their own language. And so, you know, one of the things I like about CrossFit is you can come to a new town, you can show up in Queenstown and just drop into a box and they'll welcome you. But there's always that the coach is always sort of like, you know, do you know what you're doing? Like if you're going to come into the gym, do you know what you're doing? And so as someone who travels a lot, as someone who does CrossFit a lot, I can, they've generally got a pretty good idea very quickly that I know what I'm doing because of the language that I'm using. And I can go in there straight away and we talk about, you know, WOD times, we talk about RX, we talk about RX plus, we talk about like, you know, the training that I've done, my knowledge of the human body, obviously that, that little bit of a background as well. But the conversation, when I have the conversation with the coach, they know straight away that I actually have done CrossFit for a while because I can speak their language. I can communicate with them in their language. And that's really one of the key skills in leading a team and especially finding leaders is that you can communicate in their language. You can communicate the language of the part-time person who's sort of here just to, you know, dabble and talk to a few people. And you can communicate the language of the leader who wants to blow their business up. And you have to be able to do both. You have to be bilingual, essentially. And when I train on this, I often talk about, you know, travel. Like if you really want to, you know, if you want to travel the world and really experience a new country, it helps to be able to speak their language. Now, New Zealand's fine because New Zealand speaks English like Australian, you know, and we, we take the piss out of each other for our accents and that kind of stuff. But, you know, you can communicate there. 20 years ago, I was backpacking around Europe and I was 18 and I wasn't, you know, that worldly or <laughs> that personally developed and I couldn't speak any other languages. So you end up sort of just seeing what the tourists see. You just sort of see the the superficial stuff. You don't really see the really deep, you know, the, the side alley stuff, the restaurants that only the locals know about, you know, the really cool things, the really cool attractions, the really cool things to do that only the locals know about because you can't communicate properly with the locals. So I got to see lots of superficial Europe, but I didn't get to see, you know, huge amounts of the really, really cool Europe. And I think about that a lot with building a team. If you want to build a really deep team and you squeeze the juice out of this whole network marketing thing and you get to experience the all of the full aspects that network marketing can offer and all of the incredible things, you need to be able to be bilingual. You need to be able to speak the language of a consumer. You need to be able to speak the language of the sort of, you know, just general business builder. And you need to be able to speak the language of a leader. Now, they're going to use different words. They're going to talk about goal setting from day one. They're going to talk about action plans. They're going to talk about like their own marketing plans. They're going to be very specific in their language in how they talk about building their business. One of my really close mates and one of the very first people who sort of joined our team and supported us. And, you know, we'd we'd always talk about this. And, you know, I'm sure if he is listening, I'm sure he won't mind me sharing this story. But, you know, he's a very, very, I guess, stereotypical Australian guy, grew up on the beach, very, you know, sort of laconic, very laid back. Everything's, you know, everything will be all right. No worries, all that kind of stuff. And I'd say to him, mate, like, what are your goals? And he'd say, oh, no, I don't have any. I'll just sort of wake up and, you know, we'll just, we'll just see how the week pans out. We'll just sort of see how the month pans out. And if we have a good week, that's great. If not, no worries. Like it's all good. You know, she'll be right, mate. Very Aussie, Aussie sort of laconic terms. And I'm saying to him, like, this is, this is why you're going to struggle to find leaders because your language is very casual and that's great. Like that's part of your personality, 
but it's not a language that's going to attract that driven leader, that person who has goals, who wants to have a business plan, who wants to have structure and routine in their life because they're driven and they don't want to just see how things go. They don't want to just show up day to day and hope that everything works out, right? You know, hope's not a fantastically reliable strategy. So that was always a struggle for him. And he'd sit there and say, oh, you know, we're struggling to find leaders. I'm like, well, you need to change your language because if you can develop the language of leader, the, the language of a leader, I should say, you will be able to communicate with them. They'll be able to communicate with you. And that communication will build reliability. That communication will build trust. And then they'll want to work with you. So how do you develop the language of a leader is you surround yourself with leaders. And that's why it's so important that you get on the incentive trip. That's why it's so important that you do set the goals to get up on stage. Now, recognition, we've done podcast on this a while back. If you're new to the podcast, um, uh, now I've got a mental blank on what I called it. It was about being more resilient, how to build more resilience. And we talked about the seven motivators of the human soul. Um, and we talk about how recognition is a motivator, but it can't be your only motivator. It can't be your only reason to do this business. So it's not about the recognition of standing on stage as important as that is, because that shows people that, you know, you're doing the work, that you're rank advancing, that you're growing, that you're developing your volume, developing your team. It's showing that. But really the whole point for me about getting on stage was to be backstage with other leaders before you walk across the stage. That was what I really wanted to do. I wanted to surround myself and network with them and learn their language and listen to the way they communicated, listen to the way they talked to each other. When we were just learning, when we were just trying to figure this thing out, it was, you know what, we have to get up on stage as a six-figure earner or we have to get up on stage, you know, at the event winning an award so that we can be side of stage, so that we can backstage and we can talk to these people that we may not be able to talk to otherwise. But we surrounded ourselves with leaders so that we could start to use, understand their language and learn their language. So we could use their language ourselves so that we could attract and be attracted to other leaders. And that was the key thing for us. How do we make sure that we get ourselves into situations? How do we make sure we get ourselves into environments? How do we make sure that we win the trips, that we get the awards, that we do that? Not because we care about the pin, not because we care about the free trip as much as the free trips are amazing. And, you know, you get your free swag and all that kind of stuff. And it's great for your social media. But you get on the trip so that you can surround yourself with other leaders so you can learn their language. And if you can speak their language, if you can start to become bilingual and you start to understand, all right, this morning I'm at CrossFit, I'm going to use languages like WOD and RxD and RxD+. And then tonight I'm at dinner and I'm going to talk about split times and K-reps and cadence. And I can have multiple different conversations in multiple different languages with people. I can really communicate deeply and I can really enjoy everything that this business model offers. If you're only speaking one language, you'll only be able to enjoy the superficial sides of this business. If you start speaking other languages, you start developing those skills and you surround yourself with this positive leadership environment, you'll hear, listen to the words they use, listen to the way they speak to each other, listen to the way they speak to themselves and start to pick up on that language and start to use it in your daily life, start to develop that. And you will suddenly find a lot of people see you differently. And I remember just as a finishing story, as a final thing, I remember I had a mentor one of, one of the very early mentors, I've had many mentors and blessed to have many incredible mentors, but Michael was his name. And Michael had 
you know, this is back, a, sort of podcasts hadn't really come out. Again, this is 10, 10 plus years ago, but he had like audio books and audio courses. And I downloaded and bought all his audio courses and I would listen to them over and over and over and over again. And especially when I'm doing marathon training, you know, if you've ever run a marathon, you you know, a lot of your training is like, okay, I'm going to get up and run for three hours and then come home. Like it's, it's a bit boring out there. <laughs> um, but that was, you know, Sunday morning was your long run, got up at 5am or whatever and ran for three hours. And so I would listen to Michael in my ears for three hours. And then a lot of the members in our team, when we started doing team trainings, when we started doing, you know, programs and Zoom training calls and that, they're like, you know what, you're starting to sound like Michael. You're even picking up a little bit of his accent. <laughs> he, was, he had this Nebraskan accent. And so you're starting to talk a lot like him. And I was like, yes, that's awesome. That means that I'm developing his language. And the way that I'm coaching and the way that I'm mentoring really resonated with me. And hopefully that's then going to resonate with other leaders. And that's when a lot of our sort of budding leaders started coming through the team when I went to work on changing my language. Now, I didn't intentionally know what I was doing at the time. I just wanted to learn. But I was just like, you know what, just learn and learn and learn and learn until you can basically recite Michael's programs. You want to listen to those things so much that you know the next word he's about to say in each sentence. And by doing that, I developed his language and that helped me, you know, attract certain amount of leaders. And then over time, you know, develop my own language and develop my own trainings and develop my own coachings, right? But that's what you need to do. You need to become bilingual. And if you can do that, you will have incredible success. And as always, finishing up, that is my goal for you. And that is my hope with this podcast that I can help you have incredible success. And by listening to these podcast episodes, maybe I just use different words. Maybe I use different language that you'll pick up along the time. And now you'll start to be really aware of it, start to really notice it, that the language that I use is specific because it's talking to a specific crowd. And we want to talk to this crowd if we want to attract them into our business. And if you can do that, you will, again, you'll be able to build an enormous business that fulfills all your dreams and you'll be able to travel the world with your kids and, and take them to beautiful places in the world like we were able to last week. Hope you have an amazing week. As always, we will be back to normal routine. We'll be back with a podcast episode Thursday morning, Australian time. Hope you guys, as I said, hope this helps you on that pathway to financial freedom. There's another puzzle piece that clicks into place and you can start to see that bigger picture. And I will catch you all for episode 176 on Thursday. See you then. Thanks for listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing. Connect with Andrew on Instagram and Facebook at Andrew James Logan. For your seven-step system to financial freedom and other tools and resources to help you grow your business fast, go to www.andrewlogan.net. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Until next time, keep moving forward.